Hey, Hoopheads, it is time to talk some basketball. Cavs fans, you guys can step away from the cliff because Cleveland finally put together a good outing and gave LeBron James a little bit of help. Uh, We'll talk more about the game and uh, individual performers throughout this podcast, so stick around. Sometimes a little home cooking is just what the doctor ordered, and uh, for these Cavaliers, that was exactly the case. Uh, After looking pretty much awful for the first two games, I mean, they had some, some decent stretches in game two. The Cavaliers finally put together a great performance. They went wire to wire in this one and never really trailed, and they were in command of the game the whole time. I think they were ahead by 20 points for pretty much the the midway through the first quarter and on. I think there was a little little lull in the second quarter where, where the Celtics cut it down to about 15 or so. But man, this was a dominant performance by the Cavaliers. They went into halftime ahead by I think it was 23. And they finished the game winning by 30. Uh, they came out of the halftime and did exactly what they needed to do and put their foot on the pedal and built their lead on the Celtics. Uh, it was a team effort, and it was by far the best they have looked uh, in this series, maybe even in the entire postseason. Um you look at the Celtics, on the other hand, and this was probably one of their, one of their worst performances. Uh, they looked rushed. They did not have that same defensive uh, intensity that they had during the first two games. And you could tell that Brad Stevens was just not happy with the way his team was executing the game plan. I think uh, I recall hearing after the halftime that during the halftime speech, uh, Brad Stevens uh, said that his team, that their playbook wasn't big enough to cover all the things wrong with their team play. And he wasn't wrong. I mean, that the, the Celtics went from looking like world beaters to all of a sudden looking like major pretenders. Now, do I think that's going to change the outcome of this series? Do I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are now going to win the series? No, I'm sticking by my prediction of Celtics in six. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that Cleveland had this game. Otherwise, I don't think the, the Cavs would have made it to six. Um, but I still think the Celtics are, are the better team because Cleveland has not proven the ability to come out and do this consistently. Um, and their starters have really struggled up and down in stretches. Uh, this game, for once, we saw almost everyone who started do well. And we saw every Cleveland starter in double figures, something that the, that the Celtics have been doing for most of this series. And so I thought it was a great sign of life for the Cavs. They had some rejuvenation uh, to their lineup. Um, they had some bench guys come in and play a huge role. They shot the ball extremely well from the outside. They, they shot, I think, 17 of 34, which is more three-pointers in this game that they made than the first two games combined. And um, we'll, we'll get into individual performers here in a second, but I want to point out George Hill because he scored more points in the first quarter of this game than he did in the last in the last two games combined. So um, you saw a lot of improvement from a lot of areas from the Celtics, and I think you saw the Cavs a little bit shell shocked. Um, you know, kind of reminded me a little bit of the Golden State 
uh, Rocket game in Game 2, where the Rockets were such a different team in Game 2. It caught Golden State off guard. I think the Cavaliers were such a different team here at home for Game 3 that it caught the Celtics off guard. And they weren't quite ready uh, and weren't quite sure on how to respond. And when you have a young team like the Celtics, uh, who's, you know, I mean, you got got Marcus Morris, you got Al Horford there as veterans, but a lot of their key playmakers are are young guys. Jalen Brown, second-year guy. Terry Rozier, he's still on his rookie contract. Um, Jason Tatum is a rookie. And when three out of your five starting lineup guys are on their rookie contracts... That's that's a very inexperienced team, and every once in a while, it's going to come through. and And I think that we've seen the Celtics play at such a mature level for so long in these playoffs. We we kind of forget that these guys, you know, just a couple of years ago, were you know were were either in college or in high school, you know, and uh, they have uh, they have really played very mature ball for the most part. But last night was not the case. And they looked uh, absolutely shell-shocked, and they were not able to put together a response. Whenever they got the ball on offense, you saw them rushing, and they weren't taking as good of shots as they have been in the past games. And on defense, you saw them, uh, I think, overcommit and rush on defense as well. You saw them uh, bite on a lot of ball fakes. They really wanted to create that block, to create that steal. You saw them kind of gamble in passing lanes, gamble on the pump fakes, and it caused them to bite way too much, and it caused them uh, to give up a lot of open and uncontested looks. So let's look now at the individual performers uh, for both teams. And uh, for once, we're going to be giving the game ball to a Cavalier. To nobody's surprise, the game ball is going to go to LeBron James. He was very efficient for this game, and he had 27 points on just 12 shot attempts. All right, I want you to think about that for a second. That means that he was averaging, per shot attempt, uh, 2.25 points per shot attempt. Okay, Now, uh, if you look at player averages for the season, this is a stat they actually track. And uh, if you're if you're putting up 1.3, 1.4 points per attempt, you are in very elite company. LeBron did 2.25 points per attempt this game, and that is just incredible. That's almost unheard of. Uh, he shot eight of 12. He was taking some good threes. He got to the he got to the free throw line. Um, but the the best part about this about that stat line is he only had to take 12 shots. All right, he matched that with 12 assists. And when LeBron's assist numbers match his shot attempts, that means that the Cavs are playing good basketball. All right, if they can do that again this postseason, you can you can chalk that game up as a win as well. LeBron, as I said earlier in a previous podcast, he does not take bad shots. All right, he takes smart shots, and if he's jacking up more than twenty shots in a game, that means that his teammates uh, either he's caught fire. Okay, that that could happen, I suppose, or uh, his teammates have stepped up to the plate, and he is a lot more trusting of them, and he's more willing to give them the ball and let them execute on their own. And that's exactly what we saw in this game. You had a lot of contributions. Uh, J.R. Smith finally was able to make some shots. George Hill had a great first quarter. He teetered off after that, but he still um, was at least efficient, and he was a big reason why the Cavs were able to jump out to that big that big lead in the first quarter. Uh, Kyle Korver, 
He couldn't miss. Literally, he was five for five. Um, Larry, Larry Nance couldn't miss. He was four for four, and he played some some key minutes. And I thought he did a great job filling in. One thing I like about Larry Nance is he is a very inconsistent with his minutes. All right, and um, Tyron Lou, whenever he puts him in. Larry Nance gives it his best, all right? He's always there. He's always ready to go. And even when he doesn't play well, you can see Larry Nance trying, uh, as opposed to Rodney Hood, who whenever he gets his minutes, you, you don't know what, what he's going to do. Um, Larry Nance, you know, is going to give you hustle. And sometimes that hustle is going to lead to some easy buckets, which you saw Larry Nance get in this last game. So uh, all around, great performance by a lot of Cavaliers. Switching over to the Celtics, and to no one's surprise, uh, they had a lot of people underperform. Jason Tatum put together a nice game. He shot 6 for 10 at 18 points, and he kind of provided buckets when the Celtics needed some buckets, needed some momentum. But at the end of the day, he really uh, wasn't able to get enough help from his teammates, and he himself wasn't quite able to do enough. Uh, Al Horford really kind of disappeared in this game, and he went through the first quarter without taking a single shot. Now, I don't necessarily blame Al Horford for this. When a big guy isn't getting his shots, a lot of times it's it falls on the guards because they're not giving him the ball or they're not initiating the offense and putting him in a position where he can uh, score the ball. And we saw that a lot throughout this game. Terry Rozier did not have the greatest game. He shot 5 of 12. Uh, not a horrible shooting night, but not very efficient either. And I thought he had a really hard time with his handle a couple of times. Uh, he mis- mishandled the ball. And also with just initiating the offense and making good decisions um, when he had the ball. That's going to obviously improve over time. He's still a younger player. Uh, but this is one of those games where you could see the Celtics missing Kyrie Irving. And, uh, you know, credit to Terry Rozier because in games one and two, you're like, wow, the Celtics can win without Kyrie Irving. They don't need him at all. Um, at least that's the perception they gave. But in a game like this, uh, you could see how they were really missing that steady point guard presence. Uh, Marcus Morris sh- uh, struggled with his shot. And he fired up a lot of threes and, and didn't make very many. Marcus Smart, keeping with the Marcuses, he had a horrible shooting night. Two for nine, zero for four from the three-point line. And uh, Marcus Smart, at the end of the day, he's he's not a very good shooter. He, he just isn't a very efficient uh, whenever he has to take uh, shots that are more than five feet from the hoop. Uh, he's great at taking it to the hole, but beyond that, uh, he's not the guy you want shooting the ball a whole lot. Now, in in previous games, in games one and two, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well then. Uh, The difference is that the rest of the Celtics were shooting the ball well and were putting up the points. And when you have to rely on Marcus Smart to score for you, well, you're in trouble. And uh, he took nine shots, only made two, and that just kind of really captures the Celtics night in a nutshell. They shot horribly from the field, shot even worse from the three-point line. They were six from 22. And against the Cavs, you got to make your outside shots. And, I mean, that's just against any team nowadays. In the modern NBA, you have to hit the three ball, especially when the Cavs are shooting 17 for 34. Uh, going going up and down the roster, um, aside from Jason Tatum, like I said, you really don't see anyone standing out. Jalen Brown, he didn't play too bad, uh, but he was limited in minutes, and he was in a lot of foul trouble. And you saw Jalen Brown looking like a youngster this game because he got into foul trouble. He had a couple of really silly fouls, I thought. And uh, he also was doing a lot of the biting. You know, I think he wanted to make up for some of his mistakes by getting a big steal or getting a big block, and that ended up hurting him. 
and he ended up leaving guys. He ended up getting burned and leaving guys wide open for open for easy shots. Semi Ojolai, he saw some spot minutes. Uh, I think he had 20 minutes this game, and uh, you saw him there at the end of the first quarter and started the second, uh, playing playing some big rotation minutes, and he really just did not come through for them. He shot one for five. And I mean, he he just didn't have a great game. had a had a very poor performance, and just looked out of place and didn't didn't look like he belonged um, with this level of competition. So uh, the Celtics, all in all, bad game, and that's going to happen. And um, you know, I said this in a previous podcast. There's no point in really dissecting uh, too too hard the uh, box score of. Uh, a losing team on one of these blowout games because you know I think it just kind of goes without saying a lot of guys didn't didn't come to play, uh, but Brad Stevens could not be happy with this performance and you know he is going to be tweaking a lot of things before Game Four and trying to get the Celtics back to their aggressive brand of defense of of that transition game of playing faster and of taking smarter and better shots. Well, that does it for the first half of today's episode. We will actually do the second half of this episode. Uh, after the Warriors-Rockets Game 3 takes place. Look for that to be coming out sometime tomorrow. Until then, take care.